0: Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to let you know that they're coming. This week, we're talking about Palm Springs, the Andy Samberg romantic comedy that broke the record for the most expensive Sundance purchase ever, only to wind up on Hulu. Thanks, Pandemic! As always, you can rate and review us on Apple's podcast app or wherever you're able to do such things. Uh, this week, we're going to try and shake up our format because pandemic, we're bored. Uh, we're going to try to uh, a new format here where we basically talk about our main topic first and then go into the pop culture we saw this week. Uh, this is to appease sometime listener Mark and my mother. Um, so... If you have thoughts about it, let us know. We'd love to know. Fucking tell us in a review. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Give us a shout. Do that. We appreciate it. Please. (laughs) Um, All right, Fanny. Palm Springs. Palm
1: Springs. (laughs) As we said up top, which was just a minute ago, but we're not doing that other thing first. This was a buzzy Sundance hit that wound up on Hulu. Full spoilers, spoilers are going to be here, even in my synopsis. So bail out now and come back after you've watched. One wedding day, two wedding day, three wedding days. Do the Macarena and then come back. Okay, I that said. There. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Andy Samberg and Christine Milotti, Miliotti star in this rom-com wrapped in an enigma wrapped in a riddle and all laid out with a fantastical premise uh behind the camera talent includes a writer from lodge 49 and production from sandberg's lonely island crew yorma and mari hello i have a tie-in here which we all know because i mention it all the time but i babysat yorma and did theater with his wife so (laughs) i have my own biases so what did you think justin
0: all right, I'm going to start with things I liked, which as we all know is, uh, you know, uh, you can read into that what you will. Um, <laughs> I really liked Kristen Milioti. Uh I I didn't I didn't know her from anything. I don't think I've seen her. She was the
1: before. mom in How I Met Your Mother.
0: Did not watch that show. So totally yeah. new face to me. She reminded me a bit of um Sarah Silverman. She's got a mm-hmm. f- very funny, dry thing that I liked. I really liked her presence. Um I like that the story in general treats her sort of respectably respectfully uh for the most part we'll talk about that a little bit later um and she has a fair amount of agency in the story as far as kind of solving its problems um but i just found her really funny she made me laugh and i think she was a smart foil to cast against sandberg i really I would liked-
1: like for her to be more famous than she is i've seen yeah. her in other things and she's good she's very funny she's very natural i would really i do not understand why she's not more known
0: I really liked her. Um, I also appreciated, it's very brief, but, um, and again, this is related really to something I will talk about in a minute, but I like that this has queer nods, basically, as far as if you're going to just, if all bets are off and you can do whatever you want, of course, you're going to experiment with having sex with, uh, you know, a member of the same sex, um, if you're a but also that guy's hot person, and he's also hot. And but- I like how casual it drops all of that and that her character just sort of laughs about it. And it's like, of course um, right. there, there's a very queer friendly thing to this that I, I did appreciate. Um,
1: Specifically on that. I also really liked how it was. I know this whole fucking top bottom thing has just blown up in the last couple of years, but I liked how he wasn't, it was like, that was super unimportant. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I really was... enjoyed that.
0: That was, a, it was I, I literally was watching the movie and thinking, oh, she's kind of like, well, what did you do in this time loop to be crazy? Uh, do we talk enough about what the plot is? Did we? I don't no, know. No, not at all. We should started with that. Um, okay, hold right.
1: on. <laughs> You're... That's like the, the bubbles going backwards in time <laughs> over and over again.
0: Or the swimming pool that they constantly live in in this movie. Yes. Um, so, anybody who's listening, that hasn't seen this but is doesn't care about spoilers. Uh this is a time loop comedy. It is about uh somebody who goes to a wedding and is stuck in a repeat loop. It's two people basically who go to a wedding and get stuck in a repeat loop. Um and it's basically Groundhog Day. What would you do if you had to live the same day over and over again how would you entertain yourself how would you connect with people how would you re-eval- reevaluate your life all those cliches that were well played in Groundhog Day um, so the queer thing is like I was watching this movie and thinking oh I mean he would have had sex with somebody else but they'd never say that and then they did But well, they said so, everybody he slept with yeah, like. yeah. and I so love
1: I, that they give the nod to the a the queer stuff but also Dale Dickey who we, I have sung Dale Dickey's praises on this podcast since the beginning. I love you so much, Dale Dickey. You can do no wrong. She is in this and she also has sex with Adam Sandberg. and And uh, they both characters say, I, I would think that was good. And Adam's like, yeah, you'd be right. Cause she's like the old, weird, older woman drunk in the local bar. And I, I wanted to
0: spend way more time in that bar. Right. Me too. Like that. I feel like there's a script, uh, you know, out there. That's probably much more interesting than the finished movie. In my opinion, like there were, there were like interesting... every
1: time these weirdos show up in their bar and just like do dance numbers <laughs> yeah. and sleep with somebody random. And yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: There are a lot of funny touches on the edges of this that yeah. I understand why people are enjoying it. And it feels right. definitely diff, It feels different, especially in a rom-com situation, um, what i didn't like about it was i I really don't like andy Sandberg. i i, probably yeah, talked about him, I feel that i just i i think he's probably a very nice guy and he's you know pushing for probably good things in real life um but i just find him to be the epitome of kind of the you know the man baby archetype which uh you know God, I want to talk a little bit about man-babies. What what makes a man-baby? In the words of Glenn Weldon, what's the taxonomy of man-babies? Um, you know, this is
1: going somewhere weird. We're not doing, like, the baby <laughs> thing, right? The, the adult baby thing we're not doing? <laughs>
0: these are men who act like spoiled children man, man children um but i think it starts with like jerry lewis obviously was the the prototypical man baby um but you know working through time there have been plenty i think bill murray flirts with man babyism Uh, i think man babyism hits its peak with uh well a little bit of um Leonardo DiCaprio, but that's another whole can of worms that I don't want to open right now. Um, but I think it gets
1: really bad. It's his own 25-year-old time <laughs> loop. <laughs> exactly.
0: When it gets into SNL, Adam Sandler, yep. uh, David Spade. And it's funny because you- in, I in accidentally movie, wrote Sandler. You Sadler, wrote him. Yeah. And they were in a movie together, which I completely forgot about. But while researching all this, I was like, oh, of course, they were in a movie together where Sandberg played his son- um, so there's yeah, that a, tracks. yeah, and I find this man baby thing really just generally unappealing and especially right now, just completely not what I need and what I don't think pop culture needs. Um, I, it, okay. A couple things about it. One, I think acting like a sort of arrested development sort of adult that's sort of still like a spoiled boy is just not really interesting enough on its own but i think it often ends up being an excuse or sort of a block to not write actual jokes i think that's one of my main problems with the movies the jokes are just kind of not there it's very underwritten this is coasting on his persona and i don't like his persona um and i also think with this sort of time loop fantasy part of it with like groundhog day and i think groundhog day has some of the same problems and bill murray is one of the smarter man babies that's sort of interesting in his own way um but in this movie it and in many of these time loop movies it becomes like what can i do the, you know what am i allowed to do now that there's no repercussions and it's right. like is that that interesting like what white men would do with no repercussions like um
1: i don't think it is but i think it was interesting when the two of them started doing things together
0: yeah it was definitely more fun it did remind me a bit of like last man on earth will forte yeah. another Saturday Night Live man baby um So I, I don't know. I just didn't, I don't feel like this had much to add to that conversation. Really. Um, it sort of pretends to be about both of them sort of overcoming their issues and kind of lost soul kind of, you know, she's sort of a, you know, a woman baby in some way the movie posits, but I just didn't, I didn't really buy that part of it at all. I also don't think it had a very smart, just plotting like I just the, the time loop mechanics are if you're going to get into these movies you want there to be at least some internal logic and some fresh ideas there was not a single fresh idea now, in this now see
1: okay fresh idea fine but I did like that they well they said okay it's a very specific thing and they showed her looking at physics and learning it I feel like in your sci-fi you either have to have a hard solution or you sort of hand wavy it. And I felt like it was fine that they didn't go they didn't get too into it. I liked the way they handled their we could end up with a huge fucking plot hole, so we're gonna just kind of avoid it by hand wavy. Yeah. I don't have a problem hand-wavy. with that. And I don't have a problem with that because otherwise you end up with people talking about fucking back to the future for 40 fucking years about <laughs> this thing. mean <laughs> Fuck you. Just go with it. I, I don't do hard sci fi. I just don't do it. So I respected that and thought that they handled it well and in a decent way that minimized people complaining about their plot holes. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I just, and that I they went like,
1: more for the plot with that. I liked a, that.
0: A magical cave that just sure. is the. I just was okay. like, yeah, I need a little more than that. That was my. Yeah. Um, okay.
1: The next time you talk to me about some high fantasy shit, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> just FYI.
0: So the <laughs> final thing that I wanted to bring up about this and I would love to hear your thoughts on this is I, there was a bitch media article about kind of these time loop movies and issues around consent. Have you read any of this sort of stuff around not, this? No. Um uh, the bi- I'll link to the bitch media article on Twitter. Uh it it made a good case for wow These men in these movies, and they're pretty much always men, except for Russian doll, which I don't think actually has the same problem. It doesn't. Um, But these men and the Sandy Sandberg character basically not only lies to her about having slept with her in the time loop. Multiple times. Multiple times. He's gotten to know her. He knows from the very first minute of this movie we see that he knows every inch of this party to try and seduce her. That's like literally the opening scene of this movie. Yeah. Every time Um,
1: I make that speech, you fuck me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's like, there's some weird consent issues. And I know that this is sort of like, I don't know, nitpicky or something, but it, it, it seems like a trope of these movies that if you're going to make these movies, you need to kind of think about what they mean in this current, moment and I I don't think this movie reckoned with that at all.
1: I will absolutely grant you that there are those issues. I do think it tried to reckon with it a teeny tiny bit because that's when she got so mad at him was when he admitted Actually, I did know we had we had slept together many times and so that thing that you saw, thought was so important when you gave me consent and in and in this time loop together when we had learned so much about each other that no longer has as much meaning for you and i don't get understand yet why that's important to you and he spent some time figuring that out i do think it tried to reckon with it and i do think that was his whole sort of turning point but when he
0: seems to kind of get off scot-free. Like, Well, I, I he think that's still
1: a- gets the girl, but he has a whole thing of realizing what he didn't see. and And, and his first reaction is, no, I want to stay here, stay with me. And so learning that taking the risk for this person that he met in the time loop, not the girl that he kept convincing to sleep with him by making a good speech, is sort of, where it turns and so he goes and takes the risk with her so yeah he still gets the girl in the end and we can argue about if that's important or not um but i don't think it doesn't reckon with it at all Hmm. i think maybe it didn't use the exact verbiage that you would have wanted it to but i do think it actually talks about what you're talking about
0: interesting I, I, I haven't want, read the
1: articles, so I yeah. don't understand. I don't know their points exactly either. But I would argue that I think that that was actually the turning point when she was like, "Ah, uh, fuck off!" Yeah, you did what you did because you knew it would reset, and I wouldn't remember it. But you still didn't. That's you still didn't tell me when I was me. I mean, the time and when I was here with you.
0: Basically, basically like a sci-fi version of a roofie.
1: <laughs> I agree. No, I, and I think that's what she said. Yeah. When she was like, so fuck off, dude, yeah. because what you did was not cool. And right. you don't even know why what you did wasn't cool.
0: Right. Which, you know, again, I think this is right. It's the time loop is about generally man babies learning to
1: not of, be man babies, sort of. Yeah.
0: It's a man baby growth, come out of the cave kind of right. story. He becomes and, a
1: man toddler. Man <laughs> toddler,
0: exactly. Um, what else did you think about this? Sorry, I spoke a lot. No, no, uh, no.
1: I think we're fine going the way I, we I, were. I think you've
0: my, my final thoughts are like I don't know that if if COVID hadn't happened and this were in the theaters, I don't think people would be talking about this movie nearly as much that's my final because
1: we all feel like we're living the same day over and over and over again anyway so we wanted something like this that was like oh look if we live the same day over and over and over again you'll get the perfect man you'll get the perfect partner jk simmons will come to your house and talk to you which
0: that whole i want jk simmons to come to my house and talk to me it was very
1: underwritten that whole subplot i just was like what's happening here what (laughs) but i love him so much he i mean like I will watch his farmers ads, dude. I will. <laughs> I, I don't care. JK Simmons to me is a I I can do no wrong actor. And I love that he is now in the point in his career that people know his name and that he can go, you know what? Yeah, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. And good for him and take your Oscar and go, dude, you're great. I, <laughs> I, I think he's fabulous. So I want him to come have dinner with me. Um. Other did than you, that. Did you watch went, the end credits? Of course I did.
0: Okay. I almost missed him because I was literally like. Ah,
1: Where he shows trash. up and he's like, oh, you're yeah. girl. And I didn't know because when I started, because this is a thing you do on Hulu, Justin Hartung. When I got there, we were mid credits when oh, I went no. to start the movie, Justin Hartung. <laughs> I yeah, won't I say know, your middle name God, because mean, our I- viewers, I mean, our listeners do not need to know. But <laughs> this is a thing you do. <laughs> So I had to go back and then when I got to the end, I couldn't remember how far in you were. So I almost I was like, Oh, I wonder if he saw the coda. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I just so, like knowing the word coda, it makes me happy.
0: What else what else did you like or not like about this movie?
1: Um I don't know. I feel like we've kind of said it all. I found I thought it was interesting that you Okay. So I knew the time loop part was spoiled, and I have to admit that I also knew that she had slept with the groom oh, I didn't before I watched it. Yeah. Um, so, so I knew why she didn't want to be living this day over and over again. Although it seemed like a relatively nothing day, right? And why wouldn't you just go ahead? Um, yeah, you I sit with her a lot. Where you,
0: where yeah. you kind of were like, but you also sit with her a lot. Where you're like, what's your deal? And you're like, oh God, that's your deal.
1: <laughs> I mean, Uh. I don't know. I, I wish I, I almost wish I had not known that because that may have made that stuff a little bit more interesting because I, because I knew, I knew where they were going with it. And so it made me more frustrated with Andy Sandberg about, think about somebody else, you fucking idiot. Maybe this isn't an easy laid back day for her, you moron. Right. and maybe she realizes that she did something terrible and that even if she gets out of this, she's going to have to reckon with that, you know? And what you did was you have a dumb girlfriend that you couldn't, that you're fine with. And, and you, I didn't like that. They let him get Uh, off scot-free for going and fucking everybody else because she was having sex with that stupid, efficient. His Make girlfriend
0: actually, is such a terrible character too. Yeah. Like I just And they, well that, they did the that trip. Yeah, exactly.
1: And they, and they wanted you very much to root for him and Kristen Milioti. Uh and the way they did that was to assassinate another character. I mean, that's I a
0: rom-com it. trope.
1: I know I it is. It. Yeah. But I hate it. And yeah. I I look, in my early writings I have written that character and I I don't want to do that anymore. We're not supposed to turn on other women like that. There was a way to make it clear that they shouldn't have been together without her being completely devoid of any intelligence and cheating on him. Exactly. So I think that's all I have to say about that.
0: Okay. I have one more note, um, and I think it needs you to blow your bubbles. Blow them now. That was the best bubble ever. It was not filmed in Palm Springs.
1: Oh, no, it was not. <laughs> I knew that.
0: but I didn't actually know that. A friend of mine who lives in Palm Springs told me that, and I was laughing my ass off.
1: No, it doesn't even look like Palm Springs. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like in the Vegas desert or something. It's nowhere, near, it's, it's nowhere near what Palm Springs looks like.
0: So generally, if you like rom-coms, if you like time loops, if you like man babies, if you're stuck at home during COVID, there are worse things you could do. I think if you
1: need to watch a good rom-com on fucking any streaming service, just go watch Always Be My Maybe again. Right. And you'll totally. get to hear Randall Park sing about punching Keanu Reeves. And Keanu Reeves <laughs> is a good person who isn't a man-baby and, and you know, rails against all things man-babies. So go watch Always Be My Maybe. I
0: love it. All right. What did you do in pop culture this week? In our new format, we're going to now... If you want to bail out, if if you... <laughs> Listen to our review and you're like, I don't care what they think about other things. Then see you later. Next week, we'll talk about some amazing topic. But if you're a normal person, you want to hear a spew about how we felt our COVID week. So
1: have that. Yeah, I think it's been COVID two weeks because I have a lot of shit here. Do it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, On Showtime, I watched Outcry, which I believe is six episodes. It's true crime. It is uh, about a football player in texas who was put in was accused and put in and convicted and put in prison for a child molestation case and there was um okay spoilers guys it's because it's it's highly in question whether or not he did this by the end he he is let off it it is clear that he didn't do this and but it's all about the investigation and the police corruption and um and this kid in particular and the production of it is great <laughs> um they the way they build the cases you you kind of your your loyalty shift and what you think shifts um so it it feels not not particularly biased or slanted in one direction, and so then in the end when you come when they come to the conclusion, it it feels fair, and uh, it's not an easy sit. It's very very good. Um, I watched on Amazon Prime. I watched about. Twenty minutes of their uh, Amazon original movie uh, Seventy Five Hundred with uh, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a pilot who gets hijacked and has to basically talk his way out of it. It stressed me out so bad that then I had to go look at spoilers and not watch the rest of it. <laughs> uh, wow. The production of this is good. Well, plain trauma. I mean, right. And and it becomes obvious very early on that he, as the the you know co-pilot his girlfriend that he shares a child with is one of the flight attendants Ah. and she gets pulled up by the, the hijackers and they're threatening to kill her if they don't let her into the, into the cockpit, let him into the cockpit to take over the flight. And I was like, yeah, so I'm out. Right. I can't parental empathy and flight empathy. I couldn't do it, but I did go live and look at spoilers. And I have to say the production was good. The acting was good. If, this is something that you can stomach. It may be worth watching. My turn. Um, I couldn't, personally couldn't deal with it, but it wasn't the movie's fault, if that right. makes sense. Totally. Um, also on Amazon Prime, I was scrolling through and I was like, what the hell is a pistol shrimp?
0: It's a hilarious title. That's for sure.
1: Apparently, Pistol Shrimps is A, an actual aquatic animal, and B, a uh, basketball team on a women's league in L.A. that Aubrey Plaza plays on, and um, also includes all kinds of other people, and it started this sort of renaissance of women's basketball at this small like, community center that now has like this blossoming women's league this watch this movie seriously guys it is so inspiring it's so sweet it's fun about women and teams and it's one of the the players boyfriends started a podcast that shit is hilarious it's so great and fun and this is on amazon prime watch the pistol shrimps you will not be sorry um, I'm gonna do it. I wanna watch it. Parker and I rewatched A Night's Tale, also available on Amazon Prime. This has the guy that played uh, Baratheon, King Baratheon, on uh, Game of Thrones, also Alan Taduk, also a very young Paul Bettany, and may he rest, Heath Ledger. <laughs> and this is, if, if like, movies that kind of play with those time schemes and have like modern music, even though they're in the past, aren't your thing. This isn't going to be your thing. But this is actually an incredibly sweet movie about rising above your station and about logical family and funny stuff and also has Paul Bettany being Chaucer. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> we also rewatched My Cousin Venny because Parker had never seen this. This is on Hulu. I say this movie stands up. Still a sweet movie. Watch my cousin Vinny. Marissa Tomei is hilarious. <laughs> you think I'm hostile now? Where do you see me tonight. <laughs> and Mr. Munster is the judge. Also, a blast from the past on HBO because why not? You always have to watch Sissy Spacek and Christopher Walken and Brendan Fraser. And um, I've never
0: seen this movie. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> okay. However,. And you can see Alicia Silverstone do the exact same kiss that she does at the end of Clueless with Paul Rudd. Same kiss. Uh, But it has a great supporting cast. It has a lot of funny jokes. Uh, Parker said, you know, I know that everybody mistakes uh, Nathan Fillion and uh, Patrick Warburton for each other. Apparently, he mistakes Brendan Fraser and uh, Nathan Fillion. That that totally tracks. Yep. Yeah, my
0: face blindness agrees
1: yes uh on amazon henry rollins's keep talking pal one man show we watch that we gotta talk about that why what is your problem with rollins
0: (laughs) he's so obnoxious was it good no he is
1: not (laughs) okay you're wrong
0: (laughs) i just find like my my impression of rollins is a very self uh congratulatory smug I don't know, but it was good. I, I, I don't know. Like I just, maybe. <laughs> Is Henry Rollins drowning in a, a Vegas pool pretending to be in a Palm Springs pool? Okay. What's happening? Henry
1: Rollins <laughs> does acknowledge his white man privilege and the status that it gets him. He also uses it for the right things. Um, I actually really like Rollins. I've seen Rollins live uh, many years ago, but at Zellerbach Hall. He is like this weird hippie who also looks like a punk. Um, And this is actually a really interesting little piece of stand-up, or, you know, one-man show, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's not going to change the world, but I think Rollins is a force of good. I think he means well, and cut him a break, and he's trying to do the right things. And he talks about being on stage in november of 2016 and like he's telling jokes and he really he's like people are kind of laughing but they're looking at his phone he's like i'm bombing oh my, oh my god i'm bombing and he like run, he comes off stage he's like i bombed and they were like no watch the news and it was election night oh my god all right <laughs> so anyway i i like henry rollins and i thought this was fun and- i will
0: give it a shot
1: I mean, whatever you can think what you want, it's all good. I caught up on <laughs> "I May Destroy You," except I didn't watch Monday nights yet on HBO. Oh, God,
0: that This fucking
1: show, me. man. It's, the show is so just... good.
0: <laughs> it's really the hardest thing I've watched all year. It's a
1: roof sit.
0: It's really rough every week, um, and it just gets worse and worse. And
1: also, I love it, and I'm so thankful it's yep. in the world. Yep. No, it's great. Just watch it. We'll talk about it when it's over. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it more on the show in like three weeks when it's over. Um, Peacock is a thing. The Peacock streaming, that's a thing. Did you guys know? I know because I had to go through like eight steps to download it so that I could watch the first episode of A Brave New World.
0: Now, did you pay for? Peacock? No, no, Was no, no, it no. no it's free. That's oh, a free yeah. It's trial included
1: in the, in the Peacock period. free. Okay. You just have to like give them your e- email address and sign away your fucking privacy and all that shit. But right. But it's free, quote unquote in big square quotes, this is not a good show. This is a very bad show. And it also, okay. Yeah. I don't, I had friends over last night. Hi, Jenny, if you're listening that talked about like the orgy scenes and I'm not talking behind Jenny's back because we were on first off. So, you know, we were on the the front yard and we were social distance, but, and she was talking about the scandalous orgy scenes. And I'm like, What, because you saw nipples? (laughs) These were not even interesting orgy scenes. They were not, I mean, they couldn't even make orgies scandalous. It was so boring and dumb. And Demi Moore is in it with this weird, like, freaky wig. And mm -mm. the guy that played Han Solo is in it, which puts me into this whole rant about Why is it in the last 10 years that every time someone who is in the past or has something from or has a Walkman from the past, why do they have to have the headphones with the orange foam? (laughs) Why is that a thing? But have you noticed it?
0: It pops because young people don't know know what headphones are. But my headphones
1: never had that fucking orange foam. So stop doing this. I don't (laughs) like it. I'm not, it's not completely to my nicks, but. Stop doing this with the the Walkman. Walk Brave New World is, is strangely boring. Yeah, it's not boring. Interestingly written, and yeah, we like the the whole the whole season dropped. We got nothing fucking else to do with our lives, and after the first one was over, we were diving to turn it off. Also, don't I'm taking myself
0: show. out of this conversation because I, as we were talking about it earlier, mistook. Um, Orwell for Huxley, so I. Yeah, I'm you thought Huxley
1: was that. an Orwell character, if I remember no, correctly. No, no, I just thought... Yes, you or- did! You said... I thought no. Orwell had written it. Right, and that Aldous Huxley was the main character. That's what no, you said. I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Maybe I did. You did. You'd had a lot to drink, but you did say it. <laughs> Alright, moving on. Alright, moving on. Uh, finally listening to everybody else, I started watching The Shy, which... Including I, you know, me. Yeah. Yeah, I. You are everyone else. I don't know any people. (laughs) (laughs) This the first season. I finished the first season. I've just started the second season. It's starting to fall apart. That's Um, what I've heard. I didn't. But I am still really enjoying it. The performances are good. Um, This the third season is apparently going to drop in like three days, something like that.
0: I'm really sad that Jason Mitchell. Is not great.
1: Yeah, I haven't looked into what his deal is. I'm just keep telling myself it's Lena Waithe's show. Yeah,
0: she's amazing. And yep. yeah,
1: yep. it does lead me to my um next, though. Do it. Okay, I only call this song the I'm a bag of dicks song. <laughs> I know it's called Nobody Spe- <laughs> Speak by Run the Jewels.
0: We talked about just, a few weeks ago and we love generally.
1: Just Every single person, I think it's because this line drops so hard. This, the picture, this "I'm a bag of dicks" song, <laughs> great just, opening line. Yeah, it's a great opening line. But I am so tired of seeing a tire, like tires screech around a corner while that song plays, or some <laughs> guy that's like the white guy singing it with his headphones on. I can tell you, it has been in Succession, Booksmark, The Shy, The Good Boys, and Silicon Valley. Just off the top of my fucking head, I went and looked. There is an article that lists all of the previews that it has also been in. Stop using this song. Stop it. enough.
0: It's overplayed. Stop it. You're ruining a good song. You know,
1: James James Brown's I Feel Good. Stop it. Cut it out. I'm (laughs) over it. That's my next. Nice. And I am also tired of RuPaul trying to turn All Stars into uh, the Real Housewives of Drag City. It's a drag.
0: And also she may be fracking, which is...
1: uh, (laughs) We're going to look into that
0: that a little more. But if she's fracking, Ruya next. So that's a potential feature next. Um, Should we talk about Relic, which we both saw? Sure, let's do it. Uh, Relic is a super buzzy kind of indie horror. I don't know that it's a 24, but will shut up, up about it. Yeah. Everybody's talking about this movie. Um, we decided to run it. Cause we heard so much about it and COVID and what else are we going to do? Uh, what did you think a relic?
1: I thought it was really, really boring.
0: It was so boring.
1: <laughs> I don't care. I, I like Emily Mortimer in, in general. I like her. I, I didn't care. I I know it had this whole, like, female damage coming back. Like, you know, the curtains are blue. Fucking, this is what you're supposed to get from this. I was just bored. I did not care. At all. I
0: totally agree. And I'm baffled because I just so hereditary is a movie that we've talked about and uh his other movie midsummer is movies being that i like had trouble sitting through because i think they're really fucking good and hard to watch yes this and i keep hearing this movie sort of mentioned in the same sentence and i'm like no 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 no. this no. is like a very like somebody literally spoilers for relic sorry uh one
1: whoever you people are yeah, skin peeling off. Yeah, so there is like
0: skin peeling off at the end of this, and I was just sort of like, "Oh, ridiculous!" And it was
1: so on the nose. Oh, look, we peel away our damage and reveal yeah. who we really are. Fuck off.
0: This is a <laughs> this is a prestige horror movie for people that don't like horror movies. Yeah, is what i say. <laughs> yup. Um, whereas Hereditary is a horrifying, good, sadistic horror movie that yep. I have trouble watching, but I have way more respect for it than Relic was pretty boring um sorry relic i wanted to like you emily mortimer i'm not sorry yeah all right uh moving on i watched a bunch of super escapist whimsical fantasy i'm apparently my own man baby so everything comes full circle um i watched two hbo max shows um well shows slash specials adventure time distant lands Bimo, I've talked a lot about how much I love adventure time. Uh, I was very excited that HBO uh, was doing some hour long specials about the characters from adventure time. I complained about HBO and yet I HBO max because it's not on Roku, but I decided to watch these next two shows on my laptop because that's how much I wanted to escape into whimsical fantasy. Uh, this is delightful. Bimo is the little Game Boy uh, non-binary uh, robot character of Adventure Time who's sort of the hero but sort of clueless at the same time and very removed from everything and lives forever. And uh, this is delightful. It's a satire of sort of an Elon Musk uh, planet <laughs> and BMO foils Elon Musk's diabolical plans. Basically, it's wonderful. If you like Adventure Time, it is Literally worth subscribing to a trial of HBO Max to watch uh, BMO, the little Game Boy non-binary. On your laptop. Yeah, on your laptop or wherever you can. Um, I also started on HBO Max Infinity Train, which is a show I've been reading a bit about. Uh, This show is incredible. It's insane. Uh, It's about a kid that uh, a young woman that is dealing with divorce and gets on a train that is this sort of sort of Snowpiercer-influenced Long Train, where each car is sort of a different universe. Um, and she as she moves through it, she's sort of supposed to understand how she grows through each process, sort of looking at a counter on her hand, which, as it goes down, supposed to indicate that she's conquered some sort of personal fantasy the thing that's so good about the show is that it understands that that's kind of a weird idea. Also that there's like a train and a conductor who tells you when you've like overcome your thing, but it's also a sweet idea. So this show sort of tracks in both worlds of like, this is an interesting way to think about progress, but also it's a little weird to think about progress that way. Um, There are train cars full of corgis. There is a corgi kingdom, uh, led by a uh, Corgi voiced by Ernie Hudson, who is the king of the Corgis, who becomes her traveling companion. There is a robot that splits in two. Um, one half is called Glad One, and one half is called Sad One. And it's basically a manic depressive, or I guess I call it now bipolar, Bip- robot. Um, this is a wonderful show. And apparently, I've only watched the first season, and it's only like... They're 10-minute episodes, much like Adventure Time, so you can blow through it very quickly. Uh, But apparently it's an anthology show. And so the next – there's one more season that's already aired. Uh, It's on HBO Max that I haven't seen yet, which is basically a whole new set of characters. And then the third season, which is being developed for HBO Max, is another set of characters. Um, So I just – I think this is a really ambitious, smart, sweet Great show! I can't say enough good stuff about it. It's very much of you like Miyazaki. It's right in that lane. The animation is weird and sort of psychologically rich and it's kind of scary. It's dark for a kid show. uh And then also I've been reading. Still, yay, Cosmology of Monsters, Sean Hamill. It's a generation-spanning fantasy horror novel about a family dealing with death and depression. Uh, there are queer themes in it. Um, it's basically about a a young boy in a family who is trying to be sort of a good ally and all of this horrific stuff is happening in the family around him. And then it turns into literal horror. Um, It doesn't quite stick the landing, but I would definitely recommend it. It's well-written. It's uh, it's moving. Um, It's got a little bit of a Joe Dante sort of fun, like, you know, creature feature sort of thing about it that I like. I mean, if, I'll talk about this a little bit, like Stephen King is sort of in the bones of all of these books, but it's a, it's a much sweeter version of, of Stephen King, I'd say. Um, I'm also now reading All the Birds in the Sky, Charlie Jane Anders, Charlie Jane Anders, that's a tough name to say. Uh, it is about two outcasts uh, who are young, uh, it's a young man and woman who meet cute. Um, one is obsessed with technology and science the other is maybe a magician and can talk to birds and lots of other animals um I, all I, this is a great it's so fun and this
1: is a ya novel this is this was released as ya
0: so yeah and i don't know
1: because it's yeah
0: yeah and i i knew nothing about this i just kind of read the first paragraph of a good review and was like oh that sounds interesting and what's so fun is i was talking to fanny about this and you know, she's like, you know, Charlie is trans. And I, I had no idea. And it's like, so interesting and wonderful to me that this, uh, writer is just sort of writing these very universal sort of humanist things. And it's really about the the intersection of technology and magic. I mean, it's really, it's like, what if Harry Potter, except we don't really care about Harry Potter, except that there's magic in the world. And also there are people that are interested in technology and good at technology and how can they learn from each other? And, um, I it's I don't know I'm really curious to see where it goes but I'm loving it so far. Uh, All the birds in the sky. Charlie Jane Anders. Uh, Finally, I wanted to play a song. Uh, This is a band called uh, Bad Move. Bad. I think it's Bad Move. Maybe it's Bad Moves. I'm being a terrible. uh, Either way,
1: it's a terrible name. Moving.
0: Um, I mean, right uh, on brand for me. Um, It's a DC punk band. Uh, They are. They've had two albums. It sort of gets at my sweet spot of catchiness and a little agitation, but it's very sort of silly and playful. Uh, they're very much engaged with the current political moment in DC. I love it's two two women and two men. I love um, the fact that that tension is sort of in the music. It's my favorite kind of band thing. Let's take a listen to local radio from their new album, Untenable. Okay, that was local radio from what? Well, sorry, that was bad move. Playing local radio from their new album, Untenable. Um, where can they tell us about all the stuff that we talked about?
1: You can find us on Facebook. No, you can't because we're not doing that right now. I forgot. Sorry, that's just our usual thing that we say. You can find us on Twitter at the Next Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Fanny V Darling. I'm at Justin uh, you- Hartung
0: on Twitter. I've been I've been dipping my toes back in so. Go for it.
1: And if you want to send us an email, nobody ever has, but you can send it to motiontoNix at gmail.com.
0: And we'll get back on Facebook soon. I mean, there's only so long we can keep fighting Zuckerberg. So <laughs> he's going to win Excellent. eventually. All
1: right. See you next week. Bye.